0: Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan.
1: So is your hand
0: still crampy from my working party? (laughs) Surprisingly, no. But my wrist hurt before the party, so maybe it's just the same. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Mine is really sore because I keep working on my painting. So I had a charcuterie and wine and paint by numbers birthday party this weekend. And I had, it was so much fun. I had all of my girlfriends pick their own painting kit and bring it. And we set up like double table situation and like water cups and paint brushes and snacks and all the things. And I was like legitimately surprised how long we actually sat there and painted.
0: Yeah, we painted a solid three and a half hours easily. I really think the only reason it went on so long is anyone who was painting was pretty like deep in the throes of it and didn't talk a lot. But there was a handful of people not painting and them just chit-chatting was, like, far enough entertainment for me between the painting yes. and listening. Yes. <laughs> so I was yes. very yes. content. I probably could mm-hmm. have kept doing that for a much longer period of time. Yeah. But we were sort of looking at the clock like, we've done this forever. <laughs> we are all going here for a minute. <laughs> and we had hot tub time to look forward to. And
1: so we're like, okay, we need to, like, transition the party to a different vibe, <laughs> and get going. But I feel like, I mean, I've had two more sessions with my painting and it will probably take still another three sessions probably. Like I'm putting in some hours into this painting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think I'm easily five and a half hours in and probably less than a quarter done. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Big paint by numbers y'all are are intense. Yours is the only one that's like a person, like it's a f- painting from a photo. Everyone else just picks something that they like. I think Amanda picked the smartest
0: one because it yeah. was just like a color block. Santa it's Fair very simple. Of, mm-hmm. I think the only, for her, I could tell she was a little frustrated because the picture she saw was a lot more muted and this was mm-hmm. like very bright. hmm and I'm like, well, you could technically add black to every color and mute mm-hmm. them all down a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she's still – we worked
1: on it the next morning, and she's almost done. She could definitely finish before anyone else if she picks it up again. So hers, I think, could be done in three sessions. But, yeah, I've had to take many. I go at it, and I take many breaks just because there's like – so I'm doing a skeleton. It's a Van Gogh. I can't remember the title of it, but it's the skeleton with the cigarette y'all know what I'm talking about. And there's just every like little tiny small section. Cause it's like a highlight of the bone, a
0: shadow of the background, a different shade of white. <laughs> well, my question is when you finish it, are you going to finesse it afterwards? Like, I don't know. I'm going to see, cause I need more in the background. Cause there's
1: some canvas spots that are showing through. And so I might add like dark 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 green to the background to kind of just like make the background a little bit different but I'll have to there's not a whole lot I'll probably do to it because like bones are like you can't do like they need to look like bones
0: yeah or you won't know what it is no for sure I just wasn't sure if you would like if anyone's looked at a paint by number it's very blocky so it looks a lot more it blends more from far away but up close it's you know, it's got hard lines. And so I wasn't sure well, mine definitely doesn't have hard lines like anywhere. Gotcha. So
1: I've definitely covered over lines and spots gotcha. and I've just kind of been like, Sh- <laughs> "This <laughs> <a bit> close." <laughs> so but I do need to like paint the entire border because when I stretch it around the frame, like I don't want that to be white, but my goal is to get it up by the end of this week, maybe because it's spooky season and I want to hang my skeleton and I want him to just be like my October Halloween skeleton from here on out. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you want to tell them about the crystal skeleton I
0: wanted to buy yesterday? Oh, my God. Okay, so we okay. went to... One of our favorite nonprofits does this shopping event as a fundraiser, but not the actual booths are owned by individual companies. So the, they don't actually make money from the sales of the goods. They make money from the sales of the booth. Story for another day. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, <laughs> you just never quite know when you walk into a booth, what it's going to be like. And Emily looked at me and she saw this skeleton. I immediately gravitated. Cool. It was Ugh. the school and it was crystal and it was like, it was very, very cool. But <laughs> we played the over under game. If it's over this, I'm not doing it. If it's under this, I'll buy it. If it's under this, I'm legally obligated to buy it. <laughs> I am required to buy this. <laughs> and she went up to it. It was seven times her high end of the price she would pay. <laughs> I said that shit. Back down so fast. She's like, oh, damn, I can't even break this. because Not
1: even in the ballpark, like at all. It's not even a little bit over what I said.
0: And <laughs> I, like, it, like, it was like, oh, $15 over, I'll do it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was
1: beautiful. I hope someone gets to enjoy it. It was, I covet it now. And I will be on the lookout at all I, these listen, sales. I feel
0: like... What it was was not like unique enough that, like, if you know, oh, I'm attracted to this. You can search for it, and you yeah, know what I mean, like, it's hundred percent, it's available out in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just gotta
1: yeah. find it. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. But yeah, we got a little, a tiny bit of Christmas shopping done. It's funny bringing Penny with us when we're shopping, and I might find something for her because I like slip my card to Abigail. I'm like, oh, okay go this, Get pick out this and that. And then I'm like, oh, Penny, let's go over here and look at this for a little
0: bit. She was surprisingly distracted enough that yeah. it didn't matter. P.S. It's in your third row. Okay, great.
1: She's <laughs> still in the age where she doesn't understand those games right now. And so she's very easy to distract. And then you walked out of the little shop with the bag and she didn't care at all. She
0: didn't say a thing about the bag the whole time, which I found shocking. Like Mm -hmm. I just assumed she'd be like, what do you get? Yeah. She's Mm -hmm. very nosy. (laughs) She's very
1: nosy. Yep. 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 Yeah. So slowly getting some Christmas stuff. Brian feels so she's five and a half. She'll turn six right after Christmas And Brian is like, I feel like we're at the age, it's the year that we need to like go big, like do something big for her. And I'm like, okay, bro, like what? And there's just nothing either one of us can think of. She already has a bike. We don't do electronics. And she's still young. Like, what do you get at six that's like big? Yeah. And so Brian threw out the idea of getting her a tent because she's been asking to go camping. And I'm like, I need you to know that that's your thing. Like, if you choose to go down that route, I am not participating in that whatsoever. So you're willingly investing in an activity that you have to manage and be the only one
0: who participates. So as long as you're cool with that. Yeah. You know, the big ones that I remember specifically were a tricycle at three, my kitchen, which I had to have been four or five like I wasn't old by any means and then my bicycle which I feel like I was a little bit older than Penny when I got it so but those are the three quote-unquote big ones that I remember so I don't have an answer for you there (laughs)
1: Well, and I want to get her a new bike, but she just now took her training wheels off of her current bike, so she's oh, not ready She's yet. not
0: comfortable. Yeah. Right.
1: And so, like, as soon as she gets it, I'm happy to get her a, a bigger one, a better one, whatever, but it just doesn't make sense right now. So, I don't know. She does. She's never really been into, like, dollhouses. She had a play kitchen for a while, but we got rid of it. Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have an answer for you there. Well, if you guys have any ideas, uh, let me know. This airs early enough (laughs) that you can slide into my DMs and be like, oh my God, I loved getting this as a kid and you should get it for her. So the thing that I picked up at the store was, (laughs) you know, those pop sockets? Yeah. They have one that is shaped like an avocado, but it's a purse. So on both sides is an avocado pop socket. And then it has a strap. Isn't
0: a pop socket technically the thing you hold your phone with? I feel like- Oh yeah, what's it called then? Those popper- it's the, thing little, with the little. It's a it, fidget. It's kind of fidget, it's fidget toy. Yeah. You pop
1: the. What is little, it called? It's called a pop, pop lock and drop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever those things are called. But it's a little um,
0: avocado purse. It's so cute. And, and then another warming fuzzy.
1: She's obsessed with stuffies, and this one you throw in the microwave, and it's a shark.
0: I was surprised she, was like, she picked the eye. shark. She was like immediately like, "This is it. This is the one I want." Yeah. And I was like... She still- zeroed in
1: on that shark. She didn't care about anything else.
0: Everything else was, like, fuzzy and cute and whatever. No, this was, hard. like, the simplest, like... Well, she has a fuzzy and cute one at home. It's a sloth. Okay. And so maybe she's like, I need a different vibe. I a different... I mean, she is your child, but I'll check that. Okay, well... You ready to yell at people? I think we need to. I... If Emily and I could just take every moment in the last two weeks, we've just like stared at each other and been like, really wide eyed. Really? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) We've just seen so much. And this is coming from a place of, we so genuinely care about your long-term success. And we knew people weren't paying attention as much as they could to their numbers, but I don't think we realized just how bad it could be until we were in the weeds with some, I'm not even going to say where or how we connected with these people. Well, I and and it's honestly in.
1: not just one person. No, truly.
0: no, no, no. It's really not. A little
1: background. Y'all know, because I've talked about it here on the show, like Abby's the number person here and, and numbers make me anxious. And I get it. I get it so much. And we've talked about business financial literacy here on this show and what it can do for you and and confidence and like you're making decisions based on, you know, what the data says, whatever, whatever. And we'll talk about that a little bit today too. But the thing that I've shared, the biggest like business lesson or whatever is that, avoiding the numbers and digging into the financials or investing properly so that you can understand your numbers feels like the easy button, right? It feels like the easy thing to do if I just avoid it, that I'm just going to keep making money. And as long as I'm making money, then everything's fine. And there reaches a point in your business I mean, honestly, like everyone should start on a clean slate, but I know that that's not reality, but there definitely reaches a point in your business where you're making a certain amount, or you want to grow a team, or you have this amount of sales or whatever, where it makes sense to have a little bit more strategic systems behind the scenes and tracking of this information. And I thought at first, and it honestly felt like this for... A couple of years, like I'm not gonna lie, that it it didn't go away very quickly. But we've told the story about how we've been on a Zoom call with our bookkeeper once, and we're going over the data, and it was making me so physically uncomfortable and anxious that I got out of my office chair and I laid on the floor. And it like makes me feel certain ways in my bodies. I only have one body in my body (laughs) (laughs) that I get it. And being a couple years past the laying on the floor stage now, do numbers still make me anxious? Absolutely. Are there conversations like about money that Abby and I have to have as the co-founders of this business that I'm like, I'm going to need a glass of wine, or I'm not in the space to talk about this right now, or this is only the level of information that I can handle right now. Yes, I'm absolutely. And I could not, we would not be in business if we did not have the information about our numbers that we do. And so- I'm almost done with my backstory and we can dive in. (laughs) When we created the incubator, the literal first step of all of this is for us to help equip you with understanding your numbers.
0: Abby built a calculator that now has how many versions? I mean, there's multiple versions depending on if you have a one primary service or if you're bidding projects out individually, or if you have a team or you don't. And so I really try to get into the nuances that individual clients need, but we created a training on how our
1: clients can fill the calculator. We give a critique on the calculator because everything starts at the numbers, right? Oh, how much you need to make that justifies and explains and provides strategy on every other decision that you make in your business. And so we have seen behind the scenes of, Books, so to speak, of numbers, a couple of PLs, right? Of a shit ton of businesses. And it is a very rare occurrence where we're like, oh my gosh, you have everything like figured out and organized and easy to find and easy to understand. And it makes sense and you understand it. I don't actually know if that's happened once.
0: Not that I can think of. No. And And so there's, because if it's not one thing, it's another. Right. And so, they're very like leveling
1: different degrees of, like, oh, this is a hot mess express, or like, oh, you just need to understand this piece here and that will give you clarity over here. But we have seen some things. And
0: we, we've seen some things and we can't unsee some things. We cannot unsee them. And so, as a company with a mission that's literally about women creating more financial freedom for themselves, financial literacy is the foundation like knowing and understanding your numbers is the foundation. The only way to be free is to understand how these all work together and empower yourself with the information that's going to help you build something that's truly sustainable. And so this is like the non-negotiable kind of stuff that you need to You need to spend some time on. And I'm not saying you need to know how all of this stuff works. I'm saying you need to align yourself with people that can help you get things started and get things rolling. So, the first thing I really want to talk about is your books, because your books are your base, your books determine how much you get paid, your books determine how much you owe in taxes, your books determine if you're still in business or if you're not, they determine if you're in debt or if you're thriving. And so it is so critical that you pay attention to your books. Now, the thing I've seen is some people tend to get really wrapped up in what they've sold and what they've, you know, I sold X amount of money or X amount of dollars and contracted this. But your contracted amount, while sexy and and fun, those are the kinds of things I include in a launch debrief, or I include in forecasting to anticipate what's coming. But if I ran my business based on that, I would be lying to myself more often than not. Because if a client pays late, if someone's in default, if there's any issue at all, I need to know my cash flow. And my cash flow is a really critical number to understand how much money is coming in on average, how much money is going out on average. And you're not going to know that unless you're keeping up with your books. Now, here's the thing, you can probably manage them yourself. If you have a couple of client transactions a month, and you're making under you know one thing. <laughs> you're making under one hundred and fifty thousand a year. But when you start to have more transactions, the more transactions you have, the more complicated it gets. Like, and I would say if you're averaging more than twenty transactions a month, I would say that's the tipping point. If you're making more than one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty thousand a year, I would invest at that point. Because even if you're only making, if you're making 150000 a year, but you only have a couple of transactions a month, at that point, it still will be worth it to invest because they could categorize things in a way that's going to save you on taxes. So even if you have simple books, they could still help you on the tax strategy side, even just a little bit. The tax strategy doesn't get super complicated until you're in the Several hundred thousand of personal income a month or a year. A month? <laughs> that too. <laughs> well, that too. I would tell you definitely need a tax strategies. <laughs> um, but, you know, prior to that, it's not super complicated. But here's the thing I don't think people understand hiring a bookkeeper isn't just about them organizing things in QuickBooks or on a spreadsheet. get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Same with hiring an accountant. (laughs) Same with hiring an accountant. The reason you get those people in place is if you were ever to be audited, theoretically, if you have a good contract with your bookkeeper and CPA, they should be just as liable and understand, like, they're taking responsibility for the numbers they put on the page.
1: Well, and like if you ever have like someone request that information, IRS or um, someone who wants to give you funding or a business partner or you go to sell your business or whatever, you have to have that shit together. And it's so much easier to be like, hey, can you get me X, Y, Z? And they go, beep, boop, bop, download, put it together. Here you go. Instead of you being like, oh, shit, now I have to spend days and weeks getting this stuff organized and put together. And at that point, you're making stuff up because you don't remember what happened
0: last month, let alone last year. Yeah. And when I'm saying transactions, I'm not just saying income. I'm saying total. I'm saying you had five clients pay you and you paid for software and you took a client out to eat and like whatever. I'm saying everything. Like if there's if there's more than 20 a month, I'm not saying 20 is hard to manage. You could probably do 20 yourself technically speaking. But there's a tipping point where like you're not going to know what category to put it in to get the yep. best write off. And so that's why you pay somebody. And yep. I have seen some things recently where there's just no information. Everything's lumped together in giant swaths and like there's no reason to pay for someone to do your books if they're just putting them in super broad categories. The whole point of organizing this once a month is that years down the line, you're able to look at it and say, oh, well, in that month, I invested more in paid ads or that month was the month I hired that specialist or that was the month I launched this and I can see the income associated with that. If you can't tell the difference between what you sold or what you spend your money on. Yeah.
1: That's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. we talk about all the time of our strategy of tweak and repeat. We, that was a phrase we coined very early on 2016, 2017, because we realized like the importance of,
0: even at that time you were doing our books. I did our books for the first two years, I think, but I mean- We definitely had less than 20 transactions a month. Yeah, absolutely. But even then we were doing it in the sense of
1: like, we could just keep going and trying new ideas and seeing how it works and throwing spaghetti at the wall. But it was like, well, we've done stuff that has worked like, or we wouldn't be here or we wouldn't have made this much money. So what, how can we like actually audit and assess what we're doing to know what to dial up, what to not do again, what to refine. And the literal only way you can do that is by actually like what we call as a launch debrief. But this is for like, I know when we say the word launch, like it can feel like, well, that's not my business. I'm a service-based business. I'm not launching. Yes, you are. (laughs) Yes, you are. You have an offer. You work with clients. You try a new strategy That's a launch, right? Because then you get results from that strategy. You're like, "Oh, I'm
0: booking for winter 2022." Okay, launch. Launch." Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, I'm rolling out this new service. I'm going to email my list and post about it all on social. That's a launch. Like (laughs) that. Like those things continue to happen. You send out waitlist emails once every other month. Like that's a Launch. launch. Yeah. And so, whether you call it that or not is really irrelevant. If you call it a strategy debrief or what this new offer debrief, I don't care what you call it. But you have to go back and reflect very relative in time to when this thing actually wrapped. Because the thing is, if you're anything like us, you eat that information right back right out in the brain, brain within. <laughs>
1: It gone. There, w- truly without the data, there have been times where Abby and I've had a conversation and we're like, oh, that thing did X, Y, Z. And she like digs through the spreadsheet, finds the p does wherever to go to find the information that we need to confirm that. And we're like, oh, nope, that's not what happened. Nope. Nope. Got it.
0: And it's like, so you tend to get in post when we're referring back to things, when a lot of time has passed, we tend to gravitate towards the emotional side. Yep. And not necessarily the facts. And so if you can assess both facts and feelings immediately following the thing, then down the line, when you need to come back to it, you can look at it and say, Oh, that was really great. Or, Oh, that was great. But I said at this time I would tweak these five things. Okay. I'm going to do the same thing again, but tweak the five things I said I was going to tweak and roll it out. Yep. I just, (sighs) we formed
1: decisions, informed decisions. If you're like years into business, even if it's not this business, if you've like, had a business before, it doesn't matter if it's a different iteration, you're years into it and you feel like you're just guessing still and you don't actually know what's effective, it's because you haven't organized this shit.
0: Right. Now, a couple of things that we include in every debrief is, and this doesn't change regardless of what we're talking about, but we always include analytics of some kind whenever possible. If it's sales information, if it's Traffic or clicks, or I mean conversion data or whatever, like we include whatever analytics are relevant for the thing we're talking about, and then we include three categories for every single debrief of awesome, definitely repeat, okay, needs improvement or poor, do not repeat, and regardless of what you're ultimately debriefing on. That makes it really helpful when you come back to it later to be like, oh, yeah. And it helps you jog your own memory of, oh, yeah, I remember this. I remember why we said that. And you can come back to it more logically. Now, depending on what the thing is that we're talking about, you may very well need to get really specific on other details of like, okay, if we're debriefing from a client project, we may say, Oh well, is there something we would change about the scope next time? Is there something that we feel like we need to eliminate or add? Is there an issue with the process? How do we feel it like take the time that it actually we thought it would? Yeah, how do we feel about the price, like in relative to the amount of time we actually spent on it? How was the communication? Like, do we communicate enough or not enough? Like, how was the delivery? All of those things. And any ideas we have for the future, we really try to incorporate into the very next time that we do the thing. Is that always immediately possible? No, sometimes it's going to take a couple weeks for you to reflect this into the next iteration. And that's fine. But you can't just... The thing is, taking the time to document and then not take action based on your documentation is such a waste. I think that's the root of my frustration with
1: this issue is that because it affects so many things when we don't face this head on. And I think ultimately what it comes down to is that like, We like to think that when we start our own business or we go off on our ideas that like only the, like just the fun parts are what we get to do. And I just want to sell and I just want to serve clients. If I just focus on that, then I'll be successful. And the second you decide to start your own business, the second you decide to do that, you become a CEO, you become a founder, right? Of a business And that automatically comes with responsibilities that you do not need to know how to do today, but you need to know how to be resourceful to figure out how to get it done still.
0: Yeah. Now this one, I am just really shocked. All of these things you would think, oh, well, if someone's making more than this and they clearly got this together. Nope. Not necessarily at all. Okay. I've seen businesses operating at half a million dollars that are missing three quarters of this stuff. So the fact that we're yelling, you don't feel like you're alone in this, and that you're the only don't one. This only a-
1: applies to new people. No. It honestly no. It and, doesn't. And y'all are actually not even the ones I'm yelling at honestly. because you're still new, and you might still be able to be doing your books. And there's some like organization, and maybe you're not pulling enough of the data or doing the debriefs. So but if you're
0: at a couple eight. hundred thousand, and this stuff is out of whack, like it we is costing you money. Yep. Okay, sales information. There's a lot of sales data that comes into your world that you have to manage. Your books are literally a reflection of what happened in the past. What happened? Let's document it. Let's keep track of it because ultimately we have to pay taxes based on what happened. But what I don't think people understand is when you are at the helm, when you are running the business, you're responsible for what is coming. And what is currently happening? And if you're the only person, then you're going to have to not only be thinking ahead, but also be thinking about right now. And I think the thing that's been helpful for Emily and I is over time, we've developed different roles where I'm thinking more like 90 days, six months ahead. And Emily's thinking more like 30 to 60 days, like in a shorter time span. And then we even have team members that are thinking about today. 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 Okay. And that's helped us with planning and thinking through these things. But y'all's sales information is critical. You need to be knowing what money is coming in and when, who owes you, who's paid you, who's going to pay you, when are they late, what sort of reminders do you have about them paying you on time and avoiding you getting paid late? And then if they are in default, Are you following up on that? I will say, and I will admit, we were many years into business, probably at least three, if not four. (laughs) Like it was a while. And someone was approached us about accounts recovery. And we're like, huh? Huh? What's that? It's fine. You don't know what you don't know until you know it. And then once you know it, you got to do something about it. So I'm just going to wake you up right now Mm -hmm. that if you have this, you now knowing... If you have anyone on a payment plan, I don't care what kind of product or service you're selling, there will be people who don't pay and it is your responsibility to come up with a plan for how you're going to collect on overdue payments. And I'm not, not. <laughs> I'm not saying aggressive collections agency type vibe. No, no, no. I'm saying you being a responsible business owner who understands who owes you money and you being respectful and having conversations with people like grownups. Yep. Yep. I just, I've seen some really scary things for people, people who think they're running much bigger businesses than they are, and their cash does not reflect their sales. And that's because people are defaulting and they're not following up on defaults if we could live in a projections world, it would be great. It would be lovely. It's a lie. Projections and forecasting, it's your best guess. And the problem is many of you, when you start doing projections and forecasting early on in your business, you're assuming 100% of the sales that you made will come in. And, And that's not true. It's not true for any business. And so you know, luckily I do think there's some advantages for a product business who, like, well, if someone's card doesn't go through, you just don't mail them the thing. Right, right, right. But that's technically still a deal. And the order just doesn't <laughs> go through the order also just doesn't process. Right. Like it just doesn't go
1: through. So, you know, unless you're But fine, even then there I still have dealt with refunds and exchanges on a product absolutely. space. Something breaks, something happens, someone didn't like what they got. Do you have that in your terms and conditions? How are you going to handle that?
0: I just, it's important that you know. And if you haven't looked into defaulted payments, if you don't know the amount of money you are supposed to get paid versus how much you are getting paid, and you don't know the difference, you need to be working on that. And you need to be working on a plan for follow-up. And it's okay if you personally get into it and you're like, I can't, Personally, be the one to follow up. I'm not saying you have to. You have to be the one to make the plan and get the right support in place to do the thing. Like, if I had to be the one to follow up on all the things, I'm not sure I would still be in business. It would put me in a really, really bad headspace. But I see it, I know it, I understand it, and I put the right people in place to help me handle it appropriately. And it's still not always great. Okay. Like just because you're you're handling it doesn't mean it's always going your way.
1: Right. Right. (sighs) Okay. Okay. So talk to them about if they don't have a dashboard, what do you do? What do you look at?
0: Right. So here's the thing. There are certain numbers in our business in particular that, Emily and I do not bother to go through a monthly audit of any kind or even weekly to track it because the tools we're using have historical information. So at any point I could be like, I'm going to go look up this. Last year at this time. At this date and time and know something. And depending on the tools you're using, you may have access to some of these things like Stripe, you can see what payments successfully went through versus ones that failed. Okay, great. But like, that might not be enough. Like you just knowing it failed, you may need another spreadsheet to help you track what was your follow-up like? Did you send the personal email? Did they only receive the automated emails? Like You may have to create additional tracking for the same information in a different way so that you can take action on it. But there's absolutely over time been various KPIs where the information would just disappear. So like Instagram, for instance, like when we were more actively looking to grow our following and track engagement and growth and all of those things, for whatever reason, Instagram would like have the info and then 30 days go by and the info is just gone. Like you can't see historical information. I
1: think at some point it was seven days. You could only
0: see it every seven days. It was really dumb. And so <laughs> like, and it's still not great. And there's now many, 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 many tools out there where you could have a tool and it's going to have the historical info but if you weren't paying for an analytic tool and you were simply just logging into your platform to look at your dashboard that dashboard refreshes and you can't go back and later search a date and time versus facebook if you wanted to see how much you spent on ads theoretically it should be captured in your books But if you ever needed to go back and say, how much did I spend between this date and this date for a particular launch? Technically, you could go look that up. And so I want you thinking about what's the information that's just going to disappear versus the information that's auto being captured. And it's usually the stuff that's more manual that's happening inside your business that you're going to have to figure out a way to track. So for us, you know, right now, it's who's coming on the wait list? What were the dates of those things? When were we having discovery calls? When were we having pitch meetings? How much were we pitching for? Did they convert or not? What was our conversion rate like throughout the sales process? All of that information, you know, depending on what kind of CRM you're using, you might be able to get some of that. But to the level of detail, I wanted it. It didn't exist. And so we had to build a process to track those things internally. And you could spend so much time, so much time just aimlessly tracking data. But I really want you to be thinking about what data do you need to track so that you can take action? And so that set of information has evolved over the years for us. We haven't always been looking at the exact same thing. And there's some things that have to remain constant. Like I have to always know how much we sold of what product month to month to month. That is never going away. That's a staple. I have to always have my P&L balanced every single month, month to month to month to month. to month. But I don't always need to be looking at follower counts. That might be a strategy we look at for six months and it becomes less important And then I don't necessarily need to keep up on that tracking if we're not actively doing something with that information. Now, if you think, oh, I might pick it back up in three months, okay, well, it's probably worth five minutes a month to go ahead and write your stuff down so that when you're ready to pick it back up three months from now, you have that continuation of information.
1: Yep. Well, and we even have, you know, outside contractors or team members who, like our SEO, I'm thinking, like we don't within boss projects, spend time to like go track all that data because we have an SEO team that connects our Google analytics and looks at our keywords and looks at our website traffic and like creates this beautiful dashboard for us. And every single month we look at that and it helps refine our overall content strategies for the coming months. But it's not like I need to know this every single day or week in order to make an informed decision.
0: Yeah. And sometimes like traffic You may not need to look too historically and except for like change over time. Like you may want to see where you were this time last year, but the historical in that context is less important because you're going to be making information based on what does today look like? What is my right now situation look like and where do I want to go versus some things you absolutely want to be able to look at change over time and really, really dive into the history of the thing and see, you know, like tracking your number of leads, tracking number of discovery calls and sales calls, you will very likely want to know, well, last September, like a year ago today, well, it's not September, but you know what I'm saying. (laughs) If you were to compare... Data rather than looking at last month, it's probably more accurate for you to look at the same month of the previous year
1: mm-hmm. anyway, except in this kind of weird climate you have to look at I about.
0: mean yes. <laughs> yes. Nuances and things. yes everything with a grain of salt, but like how your sales data changes in context to seasons is going to be reflected in that info rather than you looking for month to month so. All of this to say, get your shit together. If
1: you need help figuring out what you need to know to get your shit
0: together. Yeah. We can let, let us help you. We can talk through different options and what's out there. But at the end of the day, I need you guys to be equipping yourself now. Because you hiring someone to help you grow your business and scale it in any way, you are going to have to know where you're at, where you're starting it before it even really makes sense for you to be thinking about this next level. And you need to have a baseline of information. So get your books in order, start tracking your sales information. If you haven't thought about accounts recovery or default payments, oh my God, please do. If you haven't been tracking your launch debriefs and looking at things over time, you need to start. This is part of your job. This is what your role is inside your company.